Hey, welcome back to Lovey's Adventures. This is Lovey, and I'm adding this as part of my new podcast going forward for every time we do a brand new adventure. Happy 2023, the year where we are absolutely unstoppable. So right now, I'm listening to my favorite music on Alexa, using my Alexa app here at home. And I'm drinking my favorite delicious, delectable cup of coffee. Je t'aime beaucoup le café. Je t'aime beaucoup Nescafé. And Milo and I are chilling out here, getting ready for our crew to pick us up. And I am trying to get my caving boots on. <laughs> they're, they're, oh, hey, that's mom. Come here. That's, I'm sorry, boo. That's mom knocking. Come here. Come here. Come here. Oh, you know what? Let me check the door. Hey, that's mommy. That's mommy. <laughs> that's mom. Oh, he's just rambunctious today. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> come on, Milo. Come here. <laughs> That's mom knocking her shoes. See? That's mommy. <laughs> You're okay. Come here. Let me move this. Hold on. There's a sticker there. Okay. Come on up. Oh, there you go. Do you want to say good morning to the world? <laughs> Tell him. Tell him, boo. Tell him good morning. Tell him good morning. Say hello. <laughs> Who was it? Who's there? Guess what we're we gonna do today? Are we going caving today? Yeah. Are you excited? We're gonna go on a brand new adventure hunt. Cause 2023. How many mountains are we gonna climb this year? How many? It's mom's shoes. See, it's mommy's shoes. It's okay. <laughs> Milo gets scared when he hears that, like knocking. Not scared, but <laughs> that knocking noise. <laughs> he thinks it's somebody at the door. Oh, here we go. Time to pump it up, Milo. Time to pump it up while we get ready. That's right. Today's expedition day. So I've got my hiking boots, two pairs of socks, two pairs of pants. I just remembered I put my pants on, my first pair of pants on with my boots. And I still have to get my second pair of pants on. Oh, pickles. <laughs> and I've got my rock and roll headband, which I absolutely love. And I have been wearing that headband since day one when I started caving. I got that from a really good friend of mine. And I'm so thankful because that really helps save my forehead. And, and it keeps all the sweat in. And it protects your ears and your forehead and around the back of your neck and your hair. And so I wear that under my caving helmet. And my caving helmet... You know, most people, they use an actual caving helmet and it's supposed to withstand so much pressure from a rock. But you know what? Real caving helmets are not comfortable at all, at all, at all. <laughs> they hurt your head. They tighten up kind of like my firefighter helmet. And so what I did is I went out and I got a bike helmet instead. It's made out of plastic. But I will tell you this. Inside, it's got that styrofoam. <clears throat> And it has replacement pads that you can put on the inside. So I've modified my bike helmet to be my caving helmet. And I have worn this since day one of caving. And so I've attached, I zip tied some cave lights to the sides, which I'm going to check right now to make sure they work. You're going to go through that process of making sure all your batteries are good. And then you always take extra batteries with you. And I've got one, two three four lights on my helmet one can turn red blue and white and then the one on the very top that I use most can go red blue green super bright white double bright white and then a super middle bright white and then triple bright white 
that one I love because <clears throat> anytime you change the colors inside of a cave, it lets you see the rock formations and the geology in a very different way. And the, the, they stand out more. So like if you have a blue crystal or a red one and you change the light context on it and the inside, it just really shows up like a prism. And so it shows much better going underground. And so this is how I get ready for my cave expeditions. Crank up the music, sit with my dog, have a delicious delectable cup of coffee, and then I go through my routine check. So I've got two pairs of clothes. And then afterwards, when we're done caving, we have to do what's called a decon. So I gotta get my decon gear ready, trash bag, get my stuff ready to put in afterwards, because once we're done, we put everything, but I'll go over that uh, after, after I'm done caving. So today to get ready, I've got awesome music playing, great cup of coffee, got my first aid kit, got two pairs of clothes, three pairs of clothes, two to wear into the cave because it is butt freezing cold today. It is like 17 degrees outside and we are a diehard. This is a diehard year. <laughs> so my helmet's in pink. My lights are working and functioning. They're all zip tied to my helmet and they're in good condition. My helmet's in good condition. No cracks that I can see. And I've got that nice padding on the inside and um, I think it has done extremely well and it has saved me so many times from hitting the top of my head inside caves. It's just been such an epic journey. There's no words to describe what it feels like when I go underground. I'm a whole new person from like the moment I start that adventure to the time I get back. And then today I'm taking my metal detector with me. It's going to be freaking epic. Because <laughs> you know, every cave that you go in is so different. You never know what you're gonna find. You never know what you're going to uncover. You never know what kind of life is going to be inside the cave. You don't even know what it looks like sometimes. And just getting out and exploring and being who I am, going underground, as a part of, of who I want to become. And it makes me stronger by putting that first foot on the ground. It's just absolutely freaking awesome <laughs> so if you have never tried caving I fell in love with it the moment I first tried and I've been caving for quite a few years now and I'm so thankful to the Sandia Grotto for helping me get started on that journey and to my friends over at BLM that reached out to me that very first day that Milo and I did our very first adventure and to Dave Decker, my cave mentor and friend, and his wife, and their beautiful dog, Gracie. They have just been epic, and they were always my emergency call out. So thank you for that, Mr. Decker. Greatly appreciate it. I appreciate the mentorship that you've given me. And to Scott for helping me learn how to repel, and Amy and Philip for always being my safety team. <clears throat> Amy and Philip have been caving for years. And they are just some amazing people. But today, this trip is not with Amy and Philip. This one's going to be with a different group. But they have taught me all the skills that I need to know to feel comfortable and confident going underground, leading teams and expeditions. And I take what I do very seriously. A lot of people probably go caving and they just hot dog it all the way in. Or they go inside of a cave and they mess it up or destroy it. I'm not that way. I care about the preservation of caves. I care about 
the beauty. I care about protecting and preserving the future of what that cave represents. What it represents for the history and the past of the people that were here before us. Or the animals that use it for a habitat, for winter, for, for living. I'm going into a whole new environment and I truly care passionately about caving, about the geology, about the things that are yet to be discovered underground. And when I go underground, I'm a whole new person. Somebody sometimes you probably wouldn't even recognize. But here I am today, right now in front of you, and we are going underground. So I am going to finish getting ready, go look for my measurement, because I lost my, 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 uh, I don't know what you call it. <laughs> it's a laser beam, and it pretty much measures uh, the measurement in for your cave. So like if you're going to draw a point from one point, point A to point B, it helps you take measurement. Oh, Alexa, I hate the commercial thing on this, on that darn thing. So it helps you take measurements inside of the cave. And so when I get to that point, I'll actually do a separate recording and I'll take you on this amazing journey because this year is going to be a whole brand new expedition. Because 2023, we are going to be unstoppable. Milo is curled up in a little ball right now, right behind me. Milo, are you ready to go for adventure? You are going to wear your winter coat today because it is 17 degrees outside. And I hope you let me put on your hiking boots. <laughs> are you going to let me put on your hiking boots today? You're going to go underground with mommy? Where's your headlamp? We have to get your headlamp too, huh? A lot of people don't know that Milo has a, <laughs> a doggy headlamp also that I got for him. So he goes caving with mommy into the caves that are actually safe to do. Huh? Yeah, today is one of those days. Say hi to the world. Come on, boo. <laughs> All right, peeps. Well, we'll catch you when we're at the side of the cave. Destination um, undisclosed. We're not allowed to disclose where the caves are, but we are going to put this one on the books today. And I have found several other sites that I'm going to already be exploring. And I'm excited because one's another cave that I'm going to go check out. And there's also some an archaeological site that I found that has yet to be put on the books. And... I'll probably be doing that one next weekend. I'm excited. It's going to be a brand new year. So coffee cheers on a brand new adventure today to being unstoppable. Welcome back to Lovey's Adventures and welcome to episode two of the series of three for caving adventure. And as promised, I am live on location on top of the cave, getting ready to tell all of you what is next of phase two for caving underground. There's a couple of important factors that you all need to know before I enter a cave. Some of the really critical things that you need to do as a caver, what to what to expect. And always I have an emergency call out. So before I go anywhere and I plan my trip and I have my GPS coordinates of where I'm going to be, I always arrange for an emergency call out. That is absolutely critical to all cavers because in the event that you get stuck underground or somebody gets injured or hurt in any way, shape or form, and if you don't make it out by that drop dead time frame, then they know to send in search and rescue wherever you are. And I always tell them the year and make a model of my car. I leave any permits or passes that you need on the front of the 
vehicle window. That way, if there's special permission that you need and access to certain locations, especially if you're going on private property, we always follow that proper protocol and never break it because it's for the safety of yourself and the team and the expedition that you're leading underground. So before we even go inside the cave, all of that is done ahead of time. And so that way, if you don't make it out by that drop dead time frame and you don't have an emergency call out, they can send search and rescue for you. So if you've never gone caving before and you decide to do it, I highly recommend that you have an emergency call out no matter what, because I will tell you, I have been in situations where you just never know what things are going to happen. Amy and I got stuck in the last cave that we went into and we didn't expect the lower water passage to be completely filled with water. Normally that passage is completely dry and I wasn't able to repel or ascend. I was able to repel down, but I wasn't able to ascend because of my torn meniscus. So we had no choice but to go through and get completely soaked head to toe in water. And then climbing out that upper passage, her and I, neither one of us had ever been out of that passage before. So we were praying to God that day that that was the right way that we were going. And so that was a huge lesson learned for us. So take it from my own personal experience of being stuck in a cave not sure of a way out. And that way, if you get stuck down below, there's no sense to panic because you know that you've got that team that's going to come looking for you, sending search and rescue to be by your side. So that is the first thing I do before I go caving, before I go into that cave. And then I also do an X marks the spot. This I picked up from a couple of other cavers when we were caving out by El Mapais and they put in because the rock is just like solid black out there we try to make like an x mark with some plastic tape or even a shirt something that was really 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 bright because there's so many caves out there you're not really sure where where to look and sometimes you could be the needle in the haystack if they're trying to find you especially if your cave is like out in the middle of nowhere so the best thing to do is leave some kind of article or clothing or an x marks the spot so they know exactly what entrance you went into so in the event that they have to send a dog for search and rescue to come find you they can also sniff your scent and find you underground so i always do those two things first the third thing I always do is I make sure that in my backpack that I have, that I have a waterproof type bag for all of my personal belongings, like my identification. And I also have extra batteries, first aid kit, extra batteries, an extra t-shirt just in case like that situation where we got wet and it starts to get really cold because you never know. And so you could even put in a Ziploc bag or something to keep it from getting wet if you will. And I always take an extra pair of socks because your feet are the ones that's going to get you the coldest first. And so if you have to go through water and then be rescued later, in order for you to stay warm inside the cave, you got to keep your feet dry. And I also take an emergency candle with matches. Um, and I always make sure that they're locked in a sealed tight airtight bag so that they don't get wet because in the event that you get stuck in a cave and you have no choice but to keep yourself warm it is great to have an extra blanket of some sort in there as well as extra water and then a candle you'll be amazed on how warm a candle will keep you in that period of time enough to keep you from getting hypothermia so those are some of the critical things that I do before I go caving and when I call my emergency contact I give them the name the vehicle 
that I'm driving that day, the location that I'll be at, the GPS coordinates, uh, what I'm wearing, and the individual's names of those who are coming with me, uh, and any emergency contact information for them as well. And that's always a benefit, uh, making your caving trip safe. For you and the people that you're leading underground, it's important because you are the expedition leader. So if you've never been caving, please take my word for it. Take my advice on do the right thing. Then, now as we are at the entrance, we carefully proceed inwards. Because right now, we're in that month where January, February, March time frame where animals could actually be inside the caves. It could be hibernating. You could encounter bats. You could encounter rodents. You can encounter snakes. It just depends what kind of time of year it is, what you'll actually encounter. And as cavers, we care about the protection and the preservation of bats most critically. So with this particular cave, this time of year, last time there were really no bats inside this cave, but because we're coming right now at the cusp of January, you never know where bats fly and where they hibernate for the winter. So we're going to proceed with caution into this cave. We're going to take a lot of measurements and pictures, the surrounding environment, because all of this gets noted on a cave trip report afterwards. So I have my pink notebook, my pencil, I've got my headlamp lamps. I've got my glasses because I can't see without them <laughs> to write the notes. I've got my gloves. I've got my knee pads, my elbow pads. I've got all of my gear that I need to go underground in this cave slowly, methodically, and take as many notes as I, as I can. And you're going to write down what you see, what you hear, what you feel, what you touch, what you smell, what animals, what habitat, what, what plants what life you see, what formations you see underground, the color of the rocks, um, the texture of the rocks, any of the geology that goes with it, any bones that you might find, anything that you take in a picture or a photograph is what you're going to write down that's going to go in your cave trip report later. Because what that does is it helps the next person that's going to go inside that cave. If there's anything that you find that you need to mark, you want them to know so that they don't step on it or crush it or they're aware of. So like if this is ends up being a bat cave that we go in and there's bats hibernating, we don't want anybody going in that cave because you could actually kill bats if you wake them up prematurely. So we're going to proceed with caution. We're going to proceed gently. And the moment we see any bats at all, you go 100% silent and you bat your way out of the cave because you don't want to affect the bats because bats are amazing creatures they're smart they're just like um like training a dog but they sing in the summer I've heard bats sing and they are beautiful beautiful creatures and they also help um, eat the insects in this uh, for crops and so as a farmer like I am a farmer I love bats and so we want to help protect and preserve any kind of life form that we find inside of the caves any kind of animals that we find in there and then perhaps let's say we find a bear well if that's its natural habitat then we want to leave him alone and we want to let him hibernate and I've heard some pretty funny stories about that actually happening to cavers where they stuck their head inside this hole next thing you know they got two eyes looking back at them and it's pretty much a bear coming out and so you do really have to proceed with caution and so 
normally before we go inside of a cave, like right now, you take a moment to kind of look at your surroundings, look around you and just take in that moment being there at the front of the cave, going over a safety talk and a routine, gathering your thoughts on how we're going to go in and who's going to stay where, and who's going to take notes and who's going to take measurements. And then how do you signal in case you see a bat and how do you remove yourself carefully from the cave? And so it's just such a tremendous experience. The adrenaline is pumping like there is no tomorrow. So like right now, I am just completely stoked to go underground. And I love caving. I don't care how dirty and muddy and wet and gross I get. I absolutely love caving. So that's the first thing that we do before we go underground. And so I'm going to go ahead and start taking notes now. Take a deep breath. Get some water before we go underground. Check all my lights. Turn all my lights on one last time. Uh, grab my gear and make sure and I never go underground without any of my gear because you never know when you're going to need it. And then I will do the final episode three series uh, from this from this first series when I exit the cave and I'm back on landing ground. And that one will post the same way as episode three. So thank you for joining me on Lovey's Adventures and letting me take you down this beautiful journey that I never thought I would have the heart to ever do. I never thought that I would fall in love with it as much as I have. And if you can't tell from the sound of my voice, I absolutely love caving. I love cavers and I love everything that it represents. And so thank you for this wonderful opportunity and joining me on this brand new adventure where this year we are absolutely unstoppable. Welcome back to Lovey's Adventures. So here we are outside of this new cave that has been discovered. And as promised, this is episode three of this first series from Let's Go Caving. And so what is it that we have to actually do when we get to our vehicles? Well, the first thing we need to do is get down the mountain safely or get down from our expedition, wherever that may be. We do a total head count. And in this case, we discovered an endangered species bat, which is a long-eared long bat, and it's absolutely beautiful. And there was a skull inside of the cave, and that was really cool and epic. So we slowly had to kind of back out of the cave and make our way down the mountain because we didn't want to disturb the bat at all but it was beautiful 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 and to know that it's an endangered species that we are now learning how to protect is such a beautiful beautiful thing but because we have the ability to transfer what we call white nose syndrome from cave to cave to bats to population of bats all over the world this is the one critical thing about caving that is so important that we do after caving we take two sets of clothes one to change into after we're done caving which is what i'm doing now i'm going to take off all of my clothes and change into clean clothes wipe down everything sanitize everything and stick everything into a bag because we don't want that cave to contaminate 
or cross-contaminate another cave until you decon it under a certain temperature of water in order to be able to clean it. And so that's exactly the process that I'm going through now. I'll take off my boots, my socks, my pants, my shirt, everything, my helmet, everything that was inside of that cave can now jeopardize other bat populations inside other caves in the event that this cave is contaminated with anything at all. So to prevent and to help preserve the bats and from cross-contaminating cave to cave and bat population to bat population, this is what we do. We call it the decontamination period where we take all of our clothes, put them in a Ziploc sealed bag until we take them home and we wash them in a hot, very hot temperature. Some places actually have a decon machine that rises that so you don't have to boil your clothes at home that rises to that one temperature they've built these machines that are really cool and it does your bag it does pretty much everything anything else that can't go inside of a boiling water then you automatically will desanitize it or decon it with uh, clean wipes and making sure that i mean sometimes it takes you to wipe it down two and three times And so a lot of cavers will have different sets of gear that they go specifically and they use only for that cave because we cave, we care about the bats. We care about the preservation and protecting the bat population. And a lot of people don't realize white nose syndrome is just like the flu to humans. And so just like humans can pass away from the flu and get it when you're close to somebody else who has it except for white nose syndrome can actually kill bats and the entire bat population and bats are beautiful creatures and they help us with so many things eat all of the insects and they're just amazing smart animals and it's wonderful to be able to share that cave and coexist with them and so decontaminating ourselves is the most important critical thing so as i get ready to take off my boots and all of my gear i will wipe down my phone i wipe down everything you could possibly think of and then i'll seal it up in a ziploc bag and then i'll clean it when i get home tonight and then later well i'll put on my clean clothes and then that way i'm not tracking anything into the vehicle either and so you'll often find cavers i mean we have tons of clothes in our cars we have tons of outfits because this is what we do we may have multiple helmets as well multiple gear packs because we only want to use that specific gear for that specific cave because of the cross-contaminating of caves and there are some really cool caves out there that you actually have to change at the entrance of the cave because nobody has ever been inside of it before and so it's a perfectly clean environment so you have to change into a brand new completely clean set of clothes going into the cave once you're actually on the inside and then you do the reverse on your way out as well so we do the decontamination and then I get ready to take care of all of the notes that I've got that I'll also wipe down and make sure everything is clean and then post trip I'll do what we call a cave expedition trip report and that goes to I'll send it off to Dave Decker from the Sandia Grotto but we'll automatically do a cave trip report and list everything that was in the cave everything that we saw today what the temperature was like what the sun was like what the dimensions of the cave were up until we got to the bat and then that trip go that that cave then becomes part of a record and it can be shared with other cavers around the world of anybody coming to New Mexico that wants to go inside and see an endangered species of bat once they actually wake up from hibernation and so now that we are done with that process we change our gear get into the car go grab something to eat and drink and we head on home and then right now after I hang up 
after I finish this podcast, I will automatically text my emergency contact so that they know that we are out of the cave safely and then this is part of our process and they do not need to send anybody to come looking for us and that we're a-okay and then I'll send another one when I get back to my home destination and so that is the process of caving and it is a beautiful wonderful thing and I love being underground I love exploring in the dirt in the mud and finding new creatures and dealing with the bats and listening to them sing and just seeing the beauty with inside the cave and walking back in history and creating history as we go forward so thank you for always joining lovey's adventures have a beautiful beautiful new year because this is the year you become unstoppable Thank you.